love sushi, I love Japan. My social life has hit the fan. All I have is anime, so I guess there's just one thing to say. Guru Gamesh, my life's a mess. My figure collection is racking up debt. My wife has left, my house is gone. Time to get my butt to Sakura Con. Guru Gamesh. Welcome to the Guru Gamesh Podcast, the only in one place for anime discussion on the internet. Don't question that. I am the host, the most mostly Jay. And last time on the Guru Gamesh Podcast, the host spent a little too much time contemplating a series where most of the problems are solved by punching things a little bit harder. It's part two of Dragon Ball Baby, and we had hell of a time last time uh, talking about our favorite monkey boy shenanigans, and we're not done because Dragon Ball will never end and will outlive the sun itself. Yes, it will. It will outlive Sun Goku. Oh my god, I just noticed Gabe is actually wearing Goku sauce. Oh yeah, damn right I am. Or my, uh, my funky little orange boy. I mean, it could be Garfield, who's our unofficial mascot, Owen Ruckle Greg. Look, God, like, both of them love to eat. Both of them are gluttonous for power. I imagine if you put a lasagna down in front of Gofu, he would be like, ah, yes, this will get rid of my Monday blues. Does Goku even have a concept of Monday? As far as I'm concerned, time in the Dragon Ball universe means fucking nothing. Nothing. The Cell Saga takes place over, like, fucking two weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, it does. Anyway, so this is going to be a way more loosey-goosey episode, even more so than last time. Last time I had sort of 2,000 words worth of notes. This time I have 50, all of which are just scatterbrained leet speak. So part one was Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. This is Dragon Ball literally everything else we can think of. So here's the order we're going. First up, we have the Dragon Ball movies. So, you know, our favorite movies and OVAs, pre-Battle of Gods. We'll be touching on um, GT, uh, the video games, because they're a huge part of Dragon Ball culture. And then we'll be ending with the new super timeline kicked off of Battle of Gods. And then where the franchise is going from here, other than to make a lot more money. Can we talk about like merchandise as in board games and other things? We can talk about Dragon Ball Z sex protection as far as I'm concerned. Vikram, my mind is literally garbage right now. Wonderful. Look, Sailor Moon has, like, you know, contraceptives. I wouldn't be surprised if Goku had one either. Oh yeah, shit, Sailor Moon contraceptives. Yes! I forgot about that. Wild. I also know that there is Star Wars contraceptives. Yeah. They glow like the different colors of the lightsabers. Yep. Well, you know, no, no, no. Depending on which STD you have is what color of the condom it glows. <laughs> see, you're joking. If you go to the dark side, like, you know, you've got to see a doctor. So did they make a special one-of-a-kind condom that glows purple just for Samuel L. Jackson? Probably, yes. If anything, I'm more worried about, like, the condom that's shaped like Kylo Ren's lightsaber, because what the fuck do you do with the ah, other ends? Ah, ah. <laughs> Oh no, he needs to get that checked by an really actual cool. doctor. Uh, alright, Dragon Ball. Time to find those seven balls. All you gotta do to make your wish come true. So, um, the Dragon Ball films. Dragon Ball has had concurrent movies being produced ever since the anime was first released, so we're just gonna talk about some of our personal favorites, some of our memories with them, and uh, why my opinions are better than the other two. Um, I disagree thoroughly with that but we will come to this. 
See, the funny thing about that, Gabe, is I edit all your speech and thoughts, so no one will ever know you said that. I can't lie, I'm pretty ambivalent toward my own opinions, so yeah, I could be swayed. Alright, so I'm honestly, ha I have a solid top five in regards to movies I'm very fond of. So does, uh, we'll just, un unless it'll become the Jay talks about a bunch of Japanese blokes again, um, which, which movies and specials are you too fond of? Because let's face it, the original Japanese live-action version of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, first of all, it was Korean, you fucking fake gamer girl. Get back to your e-thought pen. Begone thought. Oh uh, yeah, see that was the technique that didn't quite make it in. Oh yeah. Yeah, Master Roshi's uh, trademark. Uh, begone the fotu fist. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he was already like, you know, he was, he was a walking sex crime as it was. Like, if he was fisting women on Japanese television, I don't think they'd stand for that. They had to cut that. Uh, from the excuse me. Yes, they would. They absolutely would. Have you seen Japanese television? You know what? I retract everything. Yeah, that's very correct. Thank you, Vikram. We've, we've wandered into a rather disturbing realm. Dragon Ball movies, what are your top five, Jeff? I have a lot of fondness for early Z movies. Like, because I think we have to sort of nail something down. Tie-in films to shonen anime franchises usually aren't particularly very good. They're usually like, My name is Galaxivore of this planet that's never mentioned. Goku, I want your planet. Oh no, if only I was strong enough. Oh good, I'm strong enough. And that's every single Dragon Ball film basically summed yeah, up. Yeah, basically. And you'll never see those characters again except in video games where they needed to pad the roster. But there are some there are some diamonds in the rough, and two of which I am extremely fond of are Dead Zone and World Strongest, because they capture that perfect sort of synergy between late Dragon Ball and early Dragon Ball Z, which I'm extremely fond of. They have wonderful architecture. You and I, Gabe, recently watched both of them together. Oh yeah, they're good fun. And their designs are great. Dead Zone especially has one of the coolest Shenron appearances where he's wrapping around Garlic Jr.'s castle. Also, introduce Garlic Jr., everyone's favorite enduring character. Yay, dude. His henchmen, Pepper and Ginger. The, the, that was my only experience of Garlic Jr. So I've watched watched two GZ. You are a better human being. When he appear, I think he appears as a fighter in a couple of games. I'm pretty sure he's in Budokai Free. No, he isn't. No, no, he's in Tenkaichi Free. Yeah, I was gonna say he wouldn't be in Budokai, but he would be in Tenkaichi. Farmer with shotguns, probably in Tenkaichi Free. Fucking Toriyama's editors are probably in Tenkaichi Free. <laughs> Do you know what? They were a pretty pivotal character of the Dragon Ball Z lore. Yeah, they should be. If anything, Toei Animation is the biggest villain of Dragon Ball. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also they're also the biggest hero. They're kind of like Mr. Satan in that they fuck everything over, but they also save the series. I'm just imagining just the, the dumb cat with like the musketeer hat being a playable character. He doesn't have a body. He's just he's like the candy in the Margin Buu saga. It's Corin uh, a playable character. No, sadly, oh, that's tragic. No, I'm sorry, that's a fake game. That's a fake game. <laughs> That was, that's just not worth it. Tenkaiji Free con confirmed trash. You heard it here, folks. That's a fake game. That's it. No, um, Dead Zone and World Strongest. I have a very particular soft spot for them. The fight animation is amazing. Uh, but in particular, I watch a very specific version of them. The ocean dub version of these movies. So the dub produced by Pioneer using the Canadian Dragon Ball Z cast are amazing. And mainly because not only do you hear you know, the, this this campy cast going absolutely buckwild from Peter Kalamas to Scott McNeil. I love these voices so much. Peter Kalamas is actually probably the American, well, 
English-speaking voice actor that gets closest to Masuka Nozawa's, like, high-pitched sort of yeah. screaming, and it's really impressive considering he's a dude and not a weird Japanese grandma who's been doing this for four decades. But, um... The dubs are really good, and they got to use the proper Japanese names. They don't say Kaioken, they say Kaioken. They got to use the Shinsuke Kikuchi music, who we paid tribute to last episode. But more importantly, the dub added additional sound effects for key blasts, for rubble, and the sound design is phenomenal in these two films. I can always throw on Dead Zone and World's Strongest and have a, a baller of a time. I love these films to death. They are definitely in my top five. I adore them like my own children. I completely agree, except my favorite version of World's Strongest is the big green dub. Come, Magic Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if we, have to, if we have to acknowledge it, we, we can't be in too inside baseball about this. Ladies and gentlemen, the big green dub is a very infamous English translation of Dragon Ball, which was produced in France using UK actors doing American voices that had no knowledge of Dragon Ball, and it's bloody brilliant. Goku sounds like Superman, he calls King Kai your majesty, Ten Shinhan sounds like fucking Yoda. If I can find some excerpts, I'll throw it in, but it's great. Their power is really extraordinary. One thing is sure, they're from another world. And we're out with you. Ah! Answer me, who are you? Let that child alone. As far as I'm concerned, as long as he does his karate exercises, he can do what he wants. Oh, I should have brought a coat. Oh, he's as fluffy as a marshmallow sandwich. Oh, big green dead? About time that you decided to put up a real fight. I like that. Of course, it's too bad for you. You have no chance of defeating me. <laughs> Thing is, I yeah. don't think I've ever watched the big green dub. I've just heard the rumors. Of it. I own I own all three Big Green DVDs because they were distributed they were distributed in the UK. I own all of them, staring at them right now. I paid money for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've watched the Big Green uh, movies, or well, the Big Green discs you have, which is also weird because they also use the Japanese soundtrack, which is the only good thing about them. Yeah, it's super bizarre. Um, I feel like we have to acknowledge the, the, the varying dubs, which is why I transitioned into if it. If you type in Big Green Dub into some search engine, you'll you'll have a great time with the many, many compilations that have been made of the baffling translation. I think it's only the second worst English dub Dragon Ball has, because there's also the Malaysian dub. Uh, yes! <laughs> which was um, Malaysian actors speaking English but probably without knowing the language. My favorite line, which I'll probably throw in, is when Vegeta and Goku, and I think it's Fusion Reborn, are talking, and they're talking, we combine Vegeta, make Super Saiyajin. You combine body? No way. <laughs> <laughs> and also in the Cooler movie, they're like, you sabi the Super Saiyan people too? Oh. I, I sound really offensive, but yeah, trust me, that. it's there. They talk like fucking Jar Jar Binks. Oh, and no. this is to go even further beyond! Don't try to take shy people like me! Uh, what? Thanks a lot. There are two Super Saiyan people. Please don't misunderstand, Kakarot. I did not come to help you. The man who beat you is me! 
<laughs> Misa become the legendary Super Saiyan Oki Day. Oh, Jay, you just got cancelled. Sorry, bud. <laughs> oh, look, this isn't my creation. I can walk away from it. Okay. We're not racist, we swear. <laughs> Fix me, you know. I have a brown friend, me. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I hate me. But, uh. Oh, I love the energy we have because I work so hard on the show, but this has just gone out the window for this, where we've become every other podcast a bunch of 20 year old blokes talking about anime. <gasps> this has come full circle. I've become, you know, I've become the thing I swore to destroy. Okay, okay. Z- quickly bringing ourselves back onto topic top five Dragon Ball Z movies. I mean, I can't include the new ones. No, no, no. Because this that's just unfair. We will get to them because we're all very fond of two of the, the new ones and we'll get to the other one. Um, I would have to include in that list because those two are great movies. Um, Dead Zone and uh, World Strongest are two great movies. I have to include it. Fusion Reborn. Fusion Reborn's yeah. so fun. It is great movie. It's a fantastic. Time. Yeah, it's it has one of the best, like the Super Saiyan free Goku fight versus Janemba, animated by the legend himself, Tadayoshi Yamamoro, is some of the best action animation in Dragon Ball. Yeah. Like Janemba's design, both in his big childlike form and his his sleek devil Valentine color scheme form with his big fuck off sword. He's one of the coolest looking Dragon Ball villains. I think it's been said to death, but if he had any semblance of dialogue or personality, he might be one of my favorites. He's just, he turns into fucking Legos and jelly beans. He's so cool. It's, I'm super conflicted about that film because it is such a nothing film. In terms of plot, in terms of character, but you don't give a shit because it's so fun. Yeah, there's, there's no need for it to have any sort of like plot weight because it's just basically throwing your characters into a playground yeah. and going, "Yeah, have some fun. Why not?" But do you know what? They they play their cards to the tens. Yeah, they say, right. "You know what? We don't have any, so we're gonna go all the way to the, the map." Sea fighters tackle the world's most deadliest villain, Hitler. Yeah. I t- <laughs> Yeah. Hitler walks the earth and Goten and Trunks scare him by turning Super Saiyan. And the best line in the dub is as follows. Blonde hair and blue eyes. I should be recruiting. (laughs) Oh, Fusion Reborn's a great time. I've got to ask. Would Hitler care that they turn the the blonde hair and blue eyes on or off? I mean, look, Hitler technically offered, I can't believe we're going into, like, World War II history. Hitler technically offered, like, amnesty to, like, the Empire of the Rising Sun because they needed reinforcements. So, you know, Japanese people are technically good in his eyes. I know, they were convenient allies. We don't know if they were... And if they could go blonde hair and blue eyes, I don't know if he considered them fake or not. They're also monkey aliens, so I think his racism would just kick in. They're also minorities as well, thus meaning that, you know... Oh, yeah, uh, you got to remember, he does hate the minorities. We have to give him credit. Hitler d- did do that. Uh, Saiyajin's list. Coming coming to a theater near you. My lord. <laughs> Fusion Report's great. It's a good time. Uh, like, until Super Broly, the first and only appearance of Gogeta. Uh, do you know what? Here's something I want to give credit to. That I think a lot of those Dragon Ball movies don't do super well. Um, but I think Fusion Reborn does do really well. The colors. Oh, yes. 
the colors of Fusion Reborn. A lot of the palettes in all the Dragon Ball movies can be very muted, especially in like Path the Par is very. And I love that film, but I agree with that criticism. Yes. It's like it's very bland in terms of its color palette, but Fusion Reborn is just because so much of it is set in the other world, even stuff in the human world, it's just so bright and poppy. Yellows, reds, oranges, like it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, Fusion Reborn is fantastic. Um, bro- Bio Broly can go burn in hell. <laughs> all right, we need to settle it once and yeah. for all. Okay, so the Broly movies are very influenced, the original trilogy. But which side do you fall on, gentlemen? Is Second Coming worse than Bio Broly? Yes. Because here's the thing. Do I want to... Ex- okay, so for anyone who has no idea what we're talking about, Broly's the big bloody Hulk man who's like, Me strong! Me hate Goku because baby cry! Yes. And uh, he he's, he's the best villain because he's big and strong and, forget, and I can forget about my bullying issues because I'm like Broly because I have no personality. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact! Fun fact! Takao Koyama... Uh, the screenwriter of Dragon Ball, still in like in an in an interview, he insisted that Broly could beat everyone in Super because he loves this character so much, and I find that so funny because he's the biggest example of fanfic bullshittery. Yes. But this old man is still like, I believe that Broly can fucking wreck you noobs any day of the week, bitch boys. It's so, it's so stupid. And like the original legendary Super Saiyan movie, it's all right. It's not particularly special. It's It's not very good. No, I think all of them are crap. Yes, Um, but the the sequels are notoriously terrible. But here's the the argument. Let's 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 point each each movie has its favors. Second Coming. I'm just trying to remember. Second Coming is a uh, like Teen Gohan. Yes, and. Trunks, Goten, and Videl. Yes. Primarily, like, Tingu, like, Goten isn't even in it that much. No, no, he shows up because they need someone to fight. Yeah, no, 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 that's what I mean. And then uh, Goten, Gohan, and then Goku for, like, ten seconds does their Kamehameha. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. So, um, the problem with Second Coming is it is a phenomenally boring film. Oh, yeah. It's really uninteresting. Even my waifu for life of Videl cannot make this bearable. It's, it's literally... Brown and blue for 99% of the film. The only good part in the movie is where Piccolo rescues Gohan, but it's actually just Krillin who stole Piccolo's clothes. That is genuinely really good. That's quite fun. That's the one thing in that film (laughs) that will bring a smile to your face. But here's the thing. Bio Broly is just two children beating up a shit monster. But... It also features the power duo of Mr. Satan and Android 18. And those two playing off each other is fucking And brilliant. if that was just, if the movie was just a fun adventure about this fraud and this cyborg lady who's shaking him down for money, that's a great film. Yes. Then Goten and Trunks show up and I'm forced to watch a movie centered on Goten and Trunks and I lose all interest. It's, it's because... Trunks as a kid is fucking insufferable. I don't, like, we didn't get much into this because we tried to be as positive as possible. I don't think any of us are. We enjoy it, but the Busaga is none of our favorite no. arcs, and we all have our problems with it. And my biggest problem is I do not like Goten and I do not like Trunks. They're very annoying kids, and I they're very—they're not very endearing, in my opinion. I don't, I don't hate Goten. I think Goten is fine with bland nothing in comparison to annoying dickhead Trunks. It's just kind of sad to see how much, like, because you have Trunks in the Cell Saga, 
and he's one of the best characters in that side. Trunks is designed to make 10-year-olds buy action figures yes. everywhere. But he's cool as shit. And then you go to the Buzaga and you're just like, oh, you are just an annoying little brat knight. There is no bigger advertisement for abortion than, teen, than kid <laughs> trunks, okay? Like, let me make that very clear. I should have made sure you were swallowed, boy. <laughs> so in conclusion, they're both bad, but Bio Broly edges out because as Mr. Satan, Android 18 and Krillin shows up and saves his wife. So, you know, respect to the Krill dog always. It's like, it's very similar to Bojack in that way. And yeah. that it starts out really, really fun. Bo- Bojack is such a fun tournament. We have such unlikely pairings. Great sort of combat. We have a Tenshinhan versus Trunks match. When would that ever yeah, happen yeah. in the main this series? That's why it's so fun. And if Trunks wasn't a punk bitch and turned Super Saiyan, Tenshinhan would have fucking won. <laughs> it's okay, Jay. Why can't they be relevant anymore? I- I'm just sad that Tien can't. Like, it's literally been like 10 years. At least give him the power of Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan 1. That's all we want. Let's not get into power scaling. No, 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 no. I just mean, like, in terms of his physical strength, like, he's managed to get up to Super Saiyan 1. So you mean the base pa- battle power of 150 million, as, as said in that random issue of Daizenshu, which we should definitely yeah. take facts? But, like, I mean, that way, when he goes up Look, against... let me King just Trunks. consult the Dragon Ball wiki power level chart, which is definitely accurate and signed by Toriyama. Here, okay, so I, we're covering this sooner than I wanted. If you care about power levels, the creator of your favorite anime is fucking laughing at you. To bring us back a little bit, we've, saw, we've talked about a lot of the really good Dragon Ball Z movies, but there are also OG Dragon Ball movies out there, which are also pretty fucking fun. Yeah. The OG Dragon Ball films, their only flaw is they fall into retelling stories from the manga. Well, you, you say that. They retell stories from the manga, but they do it in their own unique way. They don't they don't follow oh hey, this is a one-to-one adaptation. This is a oh hey, here's a unique, different take on yes. a story that you already know. And they're all pretty good, though. I think we're more familiar with them than Do you have any experience of the OG Dragon Ball movies, Vic? No, not the Dragon Ball movies. Well, I think like Going through all of them because there's only there was only four. Curse of the Blood Rubies is just a fun little fun little adventure. Fun adventure. Sleeping Princess and Devil's Castle is all right. Yeah, it's good fun. It has it's very similar to those early Z movies. Has some fucking fantastic yeah. architecture. Like looking at the design of the Devil's Castle, it's so like fun, early fantasy horror that like captures early Dragon Ball in a lot of ways that Z just doesn't ever get back and it's just so gorgeous to look at. Dracula canonically exists in the Dragon Ball universe. Yeah, he does. So does the Invisible Man and and, and Wolfman. (laughs) But I think Gabe and I come to blows in regards to what we think the best original Dragon Ball film is because you're Team Mystic Adventure. Absolutely. I'm Team Path to Power. But here's the thing. I like both of these Honestly, quite equally. Yes, I am not a fan of Path to Power. I find it very... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you guys get into it, why don't you both give the synopsis right. of your f- of the favourite movie and you each explain why that one is your favourite okay. one, but do it like in a short... I'll go first. So Path to Power is basically a retelling of the original Dragon Ball Red Redman Army saga. It goes from all the way from Bulma meeting Goku up to... Uh, Goku fighting the Red Ribbon Army. And the reason I love it so much is because it captures the essence and energy of original Dragon Ball so well. The animation is absolutely stunning. It has manga-accurate colorations. Bulma's hair is purple. 
which is the only time they got it right it to the manga. Quite neat. I've got to give it that. And I love the action set pieces. I think it's it's a basically a big highlight reel to why I love the original Dragon Ball so much. And it has one of the best power-up sequences of all when Kid Goku is crying over um, Android 8 and he's sort of the, the blue aura surrounds him. I get that some people aren't super fond of the fact that Goku's wearing his GT gi and it's using like the GT soundtrack in places, but honestly, I don't mind because we'll get to GT, but if you had to have one element in and you chose the GT soundtrack, fucking, it's still pretty good. Don Don for life, fucking fight me. My mystical venture on the other hand is... It's also great. Yes, very, it's very good, it's fantastic. But it's less of a, hey, we're telling the story of Dragon Ball, more of a, hey, we're taking all these different Dragon Ball characters and plunking them into like a completely different story and setting. And it's weird because you have characters in completely different roles than they were in the original. Like fucking Chiaotzu is some sort of prince and Tien's his guard Mm. and shit like that. It's so, it's such a different take on the Dragon Ball universe using those original characters, using the characters in just like original settings. And it's it's fun, it's adventurous, it's inventive. It's just it's just a damn blast, really. It's very creative of how it recontextualizes Dragon Ball yes, lore. Exactly. So yeah, I mean it's we're not a top ten show, like whatever the hell you like, but yeah, the original Dragon Ball movies are definitely worth paying attention to. I think that's basically most of them that we've sort of that are notable. Yeah. The others are kind of just they make for good AMVable fights, but a lot of them are kind of just there. But I think that a lot of the Dragon Ball movies can just sort of be you can watch them and they'll be fun. Mm. Like for like a quick forty minutes. Hey, I want something to do to see them for a good bed. Let's watch Wait. this chill out a bit. Mystical adventure has general power in it. Fuck yeah, does damn right. Oh. And Uber is dead. Yeah. Oh, this is. Oh, I fucking love Tao. Tao's amazing. One of the best Dragon Ball villains. Absolutely. Period. Oh, he's fantastic. His escape method might be the greatest escape method of any character ever. So the clues are on the movies. I would say. All of them are quite fun. Most of them are quite fun. But I'd say only about five or six of them of the original batch are genuinely worth watching. The OVAs are fantastic. Like Bardock, Father of Goku and History of Trunks are amazing. If you watch them in Japanese. And yeah, I'll be honest with you. I can't speak to the Dragon Ball movies. I can only speak to the Z movies uh, because I've seen all 17. Um, There's like four. Yeah. And I can. I. I, and I can probably name them. Seventeen. Well, no, there's thirteen. Dra- there's thirteen yeah. Dragon Ball Z movies. There's seventeen movies in total of the original set. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. It gives a shit. But yeah, yeah uh, of the original Z run, it's probably it's world's strongest. Dead Zone, Fusion Reborn, and fuck, is that it? I think that's yeah. it. Like, I'm struggling to think of... Uh, Wrath of the Dragon's pretty good until Goku steals the win at the end. Eh, I'm not a big fan of Wrath of the Dragon. Uh, it's, very, it's very uh, slow and dull. But it has Toriyama's OC link! Eh. Tapion gives Trunks his sword, which makes complete canonical sense! Don't... Oh, God. Okay, so, <laughs> like, leaving that in the bin, um, if we could move into the future a bit, we yes. would include Battle of the Gods... Uh, oh, so Battle of Gods and Super Broly are fantastic. Oh, they would make the rest of my list. They they are wonderful. Yeah. And we'll get to them probably at the latter half of the episode. But gentlemen, if you'll just take one foot out, 
put it in front of the other, and take a step into the Grand Tour. It's time. Step into the Grand Tour, Grand Tour, Grand Tour, step into the Grand Tour, Dragon Ball GT. Back at it again, a new adventure, Goku and his friends. Funimation thought this was a good idea. After recording this, I'll need ten more beers! Fucking rapping hip-hop all the way. My lord. <laughs> okay, look. This is the biggest black sheep of the Dragon Ball saga. Dragon Ball Grand Tour. Because originally, um, it was airing on the BBC, but Toriyama punched a producer, so they had to go to Amazon. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you know what? I respect it. I respect the segue. I respect it. I did not see it coming, but I respect it. The, the original, you know, when it, when it aired on the BBC, it could be a sort of like a lot more loosey-goosey. Like, Vegeta, we've got, got a fuse and be Super Saiyan 5, so it could be Omega Shenron. We look like fucking Bulma's minge that way. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so. You're not Omega Shenron, you fucking twat. Bringing shit right back in. I've been saving that joke ever since we first decided we were going to do Dragon Ball. I had to get it out. Was it worth oh, it? Oh, was it worth it? Fucking lootly. I can't lie. The Grand Tour joke was really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't think any of us here. Are, I think I'm the biggest GT apologist, and even I'm like, it's not great. Yeah, I, I will just say that I have seen very little of GT. Uh, if any of it. Uh, I think I've seen most of GT. Um, I haven't seen it recently. You and I were going to watch it, but then we were like, you fucking we don't mad, want to. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, well, the thing is, we did kind of want to because there is a specific thing in, in GT that they do really well. Yes, which we'll touch on. Uh, but basically everything about GT is crap. Uh, they touch on a couple of good ideas. No, here's the thing. They touch on like two or I'm three gonna sound good like ideas. an absolute contrarian here, but the misconception that Toriyama wasn't involved is the reason it's bad. As we went through in the first episode, Toriyama could have not been involved at all, and it still could have been a good series. I don't know what the cause of Dragon Ball GTs, or as we call it, Dragon Ball Grand Tour, or Dragon Ball Goku Time, as it should be <laughs> called, because fuck knows no one else is doing anything is the fact that I'm going to list off some positives because genuinely, especially with Super Out, people kick this this dead horse whilst it's down, and it's not that simple. I think GT genuinely has a lot of great ideas. It just does okay. very poorly. All right. All right, why don't we give why don't we give Gabe the first shot because okay. he knows the least. Okay. Uh, Gabe, what's your favorite thing about Dragon Ball GT? Um, I like Super Saiyan 4 because it was a cool thing to unlock back when I was playing Budokai 3. Um, basically most of my experience with GT is the video games. The video games. It comes from playing those few fights in Budokai 3 where you get the fight like- It's because it was hot shit at the time, and they had to- they had to push that- that, uh, sexy red carpeted monkey man. Yeah. To be fair, Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta has some very hype animations in the Budokai games. That- that-, that okay. The Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta was gonna be my point, yeah. uh, but you've just stolen that from me. So I'm gonna have there's, to go there's with. There's not much of a pool to steal from. Like. Yeah, that's the problem. There are like maybe three, four things. <laughs> um, fuck. What was it? Uh, God. I have just burning things to go. So should I go and then you can pick up? Yeah, sure. Okay, so going off Super Saiyan Four, Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru, who we talked about as like an animation lead, an episode director. 
Dragon Ball Z, was tasked to design Super Saiyan 4 on his lonesome, which was the first time that an animation production person designed something before Toriyama did. And quite frankly, I think it's that's his legacy. And I think Super Saiyan 4, in regards to capturing the raw essence of Big Saiyan Monkey Man with ascended power, yeah. is really good. I think it's probably the best thing to encapsulate the heart of a Saiyan other than the original Super Saiyan transformation. We'll get to these wonderful gentlemen in a bit, but um, Team Four Star, as part of one of their Dragon Ball uh, December countdowns, put out a mini video essay of Kieran, one of their gaming members, describing why he loves Super Saiyan 4 so much, and I highly recommend it. It's a very heartfelt, fun video, and he kind of goes into sort of, you know, Nakatsuru was so happy that people really responded well to Super Saiyan 4. And fun fact, Toriyama actually drew Super Saiyan 4 in sort of like the manual of a Dragon Ball GT DVD. So Nakatsuru was like, I was such a happy fan that Sensei drew my character. Oh, Which is really so nice. sweet. Yeah. I, I like 4 a lot because with 1 to 3, there's not really that much variation. Yeah, I think we've touched on this a lot. Super Saiyan 2 is a great moment for Gohan, but for everyone else, it's just... I guess we've got a bit of lightning now because yeah. Toriyama forgot it existed. Free is a great moment, and I like the fact that it's an absolute key burner, but ultimately it just sort of makes Super Saiyan less special. Yeah. And the fact that two seven-year-olds can do it will piss me off until the day I'm old and gray. But yeah, four is just, it's a really unique design. And the actual moment of transformation with sort of Pan trying to clutch Goku back to some semblance of humanity, there's a great remix of uh, uh, Dandan, the opening theme of GT, which might be my favorite Dragon Ball opening of all time. I love Dandan Kakarori Kahiteru. It's wonderful. I really enjoy it. And it's this slow orchestral version. They also sort of do a different version for the Spirit Bomb theme when they use the Universal Spirit Bomb because, you know, GT had two uh, two ideas. <laughs> so, um, Akihito uh, Tokunaga is the composer for GT on the Japanese side. And genuinely, I think the man does a really good job a lot of sort of the GT soundtrack. It's it's really good. In Japanese. That's a worrying statement. Uh, in English, it's even better! Look, we've all... Look, the drag... Yeah, like, Dragon Ball GT dubbed is fucking atrocious, and it somehow... Remember how we were talking about the awkward sort of learning curves of Funimation sort of Dragon Ball Z initial dub? Somehow it got worse. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, GT's dub is, it's not good. The American soundtrack is just blaring fucking, like, butt metal on top of important dialogue. The The translation is just not faithful in the slightest, but usually I don't care about Super Lot, but there's a really funny scene where in the Japanese it's like, oh, I have ascended, I am, this is the new power of Super Saiyan 4. And in the, in the fucking... Dub, Sean Chemlin's just like, thanks, Hercule, you're my best friend. We couldn't have done it without you. We love you. <laughs> Which, to be fair, pr pray Satan. Pray Satan. Oh, oh, we do love him, but that's, that's just yeah. silly. Yeah, um, other than that, I have very... Nah, that, that's basically... None of the fights are good, but there is one thing that GT absolutely nails... It has the best ending in all of Dragon Ball. I'm serious. The last episode of Dragon Ball GT is 
great. It's the single best ending Dragon Ball has ever gotten. Because I'll describe the ending, because fuck knows I don't care about Dragon Ball GT spoilers. The last moments of the GT finale, Goku goes back to Master Roshi's house and he hangs out at Master Roshi and Krillin. This bit I like. And Krillin and Goku reflect on their old days training under, you know, the Turtle Hermit, and they have one last sparring match, and Krillin manages to beat Goku, and he's so happy, but then Goku disappears on Shenron and rides off into the distance. It's heavily implied that Goku passes on to the afterlife, and it's a really poignant, nice ending, and that sort of, it feels quite somber, because... Kid Goku is the spirit of Dragon Ball, and that sort of with it beginning of him and with it ending with him is honestly quite thematically resonant. As much as I don't like the decision to sort of make Goku a child again, as opposed to giving the other character screen time, it's a really solid ending that I really, really enjoy. And it's amazing how GT, the undisputedly worst Dragon Ball series, even with Super's copious fuck-ups, has one of the best endings. Well, that's quite sweet. It's... Uh, the thing about... Oh, God. The thing that bugs me the most about GT is it starts off on a bad foot because it's trying to recapture some of the magic of... The, the original series. Which had been lost for a while, which is to yeah. be argued. And the way they think to do that is, oh, we'll just make Goku a kid again. That'll fix everything. Yeah. And it's like, no, hold on. It should have been a Star Trek The Next Generation scenario where a new cast of characters sort of like, have Goten and Trunks be likable. Like, Goku could still be there, sure. But he doesn't need to be nah, the focus fucking kill him. of everything. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what would have been cool? If Goku was off, just training Oob. Oh yeah, that fucking bag of missed potential. Oh yeah. my god, if he was training Oob, but it actually amounted to something important. Yeah. Uh, if that had happened and it was mostly focused on uh, Goten and yeah. Trunks, or Gohan and Goten and- well, this, uh, is, this is what I mean, Goku can still be there doing something like training Oob and show up every now and again, but he doesn't have to- Piccolo be dies for no reason. <laughs> Yeah. He just goes to hell, literally. I, I, I genuinely, to this day, do not understand that death. They were like, the reason it exists is because I'm still alive. And it's like, wait, why the fuck? How are you? You can't make Dragon Balls. What's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. And then it's like, no, but if I die, the Black Star Dragon Balls die too. Why? You, what? And they were like, yeah, but like, you need them. Because they're like the dark half of the regular Dragon Balls. It's like, Kami's been dead for decades! What's going on? <laughs> what do you mean? This I didn't think like... I was going to get another Vic round. But... Oh my god, it was so stupid. We're going two for two, baby. It was so stupid! Oh, it's dumb. It's very dumb. Uh, look. It's all worth it for, for Veggie's wonderful moustache. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Yes! I shaved my moustache, you imbeciles! No, no, hang on. Remember, he also shaved his hair, so that way he had a flat top. Oh, he was God. rocking the 90s flat top, boys! Flat top Bad Vegeta man. as a Super Saiyan looks like an Aryan biker. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh. Oh my God, I've just got pictures of now Vegeta as a Nazi biker. Just, let's, I mean, let's face it. He's he's quite racist. Yeah, he's pretty close to Nazi already. Yeah, he 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 does be like that. But uh, no, Dragon Ball GT, 
the music was good. It has some good ideas and designs, but overall, I don't think any of us are going to miss it. Nope. nope. Also, what's quite funny is the Funimation came like swinging out with sort of like, yo, fellow kids, we got that new Dragon Ball GT rap, and they dropped it within a year. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah, they, they, it was just an English cover of Don Don, which is beautiful, but you have to forget it's sung by a sex predator. Ah. <laughs> ah. Oh, I don't want that information. Ah. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's time to move on to video games. Which, Dragon Ball is tied to video game culture. There are 60 plus video games. And most of them are bad! (laughs) The point I want to make here is that I think the video games are a lot more important to Dragon Ball's history than people give them credit for. Yes, definitively. Like, massively, because consider that between the end of Z um, and GT as well, because we've just discussed GT, up until Kai gets rebroadcast, that's roughly a decade of their not being that much Dragon Ball content, like in terms of anime or manga, like there really isn't. There's like one or two specials and a couple of one-shot manga chapters, and that's kind of it. Still waiting on that Yo Son Goku and his friends return Blu-ray, right, Vic? Hell yeah. Oh, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> However, what kept Dragon Ball alive during that years was the enormous, copious amount of video there games. There are too many fucking games, and so we many. cannot cover oh, all no. of them. It's like from, on the PS2 alone, you've got like what? Budokai, Budokai 2, Budokai 3, Budokai Tenkaichi, Budokai Tenkaichi 2, Budokai Tenkaichi 3, Infinite World, Super fucking, Super Dragon Ball Z, fucking other games that I probably can't remember. So we cannot cover all of them, but we're just going to go through some of our favorites, games that mean a lot to us, and games we think are underrated, because honestly, Dragon Ball has at least a dozen great video games. It's the problem is, we didn't get a lot of them. Which is a shame. So I'm going to go first because I've been playing a bunch of Dragon Ball games recently. Um, The original 2D fighters of the Butoten series. Now, a lot of them were a bit clunky, but they set a lot of what would become standard issue in stone. But my God, Dragon Ball Z Hyper Dimension for the Super Nintendo is a hell of a time. What I find about a lot of the old like Super Nintendo era Dragon Ball Mm. games is that, no, they're not going to be the best in the series. They're not going to be the most advanced but they really give you a sense of like, they're oh, so fun. they're so fun to play with me. It's Hyper specialist. Dimension especially has a wonderful mechanic where your health bar is also your energy bar. So by charging up, you can restore health. But also, you know, if you want to do a big key attack, you've got to sort of sacrifice energy. Yeah. It's really interesting. The sprite work is phenomenal. They managed to squeeze almost PlayStation level sprite work on a Super Nintendo very late into its life cycle, granted, but it's Hyperdimension's a great time. It's got wonderful graphical work. It's got great stage layouts. It's definitely the best Butoten style game yes. of the original trilogy. But also, um, I didn't get far into this, but I really want to highlight uh the series of Gokuden games, which are like the card battlers that we never got. There's a remake of the second Gokuden game called uh, Gekijin Freezer, which the remake is called a uh, Super Saiyajin Setsu. Uh, Super Saiyan Densetsu, rather. And this is a full-on Dragon Ball card battle RPG that goes from Saiyan Saga to the Freezer Saga, and it's interesting because you can, you know, keep your party members alive. It doesn't, you know, say if Yamcha bites it in the anime, it doesn't mean he has to bite it in the games. And it's a really interesting sort of system. I didn't get far into it because it's an older RPG. It's very grindy. I'm not even sure I got to Raditz because there's a lot of filler. But the special attacks are really well animated and it's it's a fun game that i'll eventually go back to and it's 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 very 
it was one of the most downloaded ROMs in its day because it had an English translation. So yeah, that's worth mentioning. Um, Gabe, take the floor. You've played a lot of Dragon Ball games. I've played a few. Um, my heart always goes like to Budokai Free. Which that's that's the big one we're all gonna yeah, cover. As the big one, it was it's it's my introduction to Dragon Ball. Basically, mm. talked on the last episode about how I find it in game, in for ninety nine p. Yep, and. I cherish that game for years. It's yeah, it's, it is kind of the ultimate Dragon Ball game. You have your Dragon Ball content, you have your Dragon Ball GT content. You can unlock like the tournament modes as much as it's bullshit. It's great yeah. fun. It's got a great roster. It's got a lot of customization, great replay value. Great music. It's just, it's also really. Thanks, Kenji. <sighs> Thank you. It's also just really fun to just fly around the map. Like, it's, it's a very limited, simple map, to be honest. Yeah. But as a kid, that was like, holy shit. I had to fly around this whole fucking world. What? That's great. That that's absolutely great. It's kind of. I am grateful that it did get salvaged for the for the you know HD collection, though it's sadly missing Budokai Two. Which is a shame. Budokai Two was my baby. Oh. Um, so Budokai One and Budokai Two were the ones I spent the most time with. I liked Budokai One. It's not a good game. It is not a good game, but it just has the cool cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah, Budokai 1 is not a good game, and, and it just has cool-ass cutscenes. Budokai 2 confused me initially because it it's a fighting game, but it's also a board game. Yeah. And it's not just, like, a board game. It's, like, this weird mix. The board game itself is, like, some weird mix of, like... Chess and RTS games because you actually have to tactically move your characters yeah. around the board. You get it. Yep. You pick up items. You pick up power ups, and you can choose whatever allies you want. So if you want to fucking save the world with Ten Shinhan and Mister Satan, you can do it. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and it's so weird, but I really liked it. It's honestly quite fun, and it's 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 sad it didn't get ported to the HD. I mean. Probably the reason why is that Kenji Yamamoto probably used some of the most, some of his best and most plagiarized work is in Budokai 2, and it's very fucking blatant. They, yeah, so they had to replace the HD collection with the Tenkai G score, which is nowhere near as good. Yeah, um, and they weren't stealing from better artists. Yeah, and so Budokai 2 is that game that makes no sense on the face, but if you're sort of. It's fun, I agree. Gently, like, like, somebody warns you beforehand, hey, this is like a weird board game fighting game hybrid where there's a board game as your, like, overworld display, and then once you move your character, you actually start doing the fighting stuff? Yes. Then it would actually have been less jarring, and that was actually the biggest problem. Yeah, yeah. The tech, the the cutscenes were very good um, in that one. Uh, Super Saiyan 3 was the pinnacle of... Budokai 2. Well, Budokai 2 was like, like you know, all Busaga stuff, and Budokai 3 was everything else. Yes. Um, so it was like basically all of Dragon Ball Z. Um, and it was really fun. And you could do the fusions. Yeah. You could do the fusion dance, which was the Oh, first yeah, yeah. You had like the water fusions, yeah. like Goku and Tiensha. Yeah. Uh, although I think they were very hard to do in 2. I think it was easier to do it in 3. But I'm sad because I'd love to see Goofy Fusions back. Like, Mr. Satan and Goku's outfit with a big afro is bloody brilliant. But the other one where it's Goku and Mr. Satan's outfit, but he has a massive fucking chin, but he's still got his Goku hair. 
Oh, bloody great. Yeah, it's just... But a big part of those games is like the animated cutscenes that would start at the beginning. With which, you know, that would be the first Dragon Ball animation you'd get in a while. Yeah. And it genuinely looked fantastic. The opening cutscene for free is just mwah. Which, you know, it's the second best Dragon Ball opening. Yeah, absolutely. Next to this one. Oh, no. PlayStation 1 fighting game, Dragon Ball GT Final Boy. My baby! This is Biggest Fight by Hironobu Kageyama, my favorite Dragon Ball opening possibly ever to a video game. Look, Final Bout shit, there's no way getting about it, it's bad anime tacking starring Steve Bloom, but I don't give a shit, this song fucking kills! Yeah, you can't really argue with that. Yeah, it's it's one of the hypest opening to a Dragon Ball game, which brings me on to Dragon Ball GT because I have a fun story. Okay. It is a lifelong dream of mine to do one very special thing. I wish to go because Dragon Ball GT was brought over to the United States when Dragon Ball had barely aired the Saiyan saga, so it's a big touchstone for older fans who got Japanese imports are like, what's a fucking Vegito? Is that like a fucking Vegeta and it's a vegetable Cheerio (laughs) (laughs) but no um, you had like all these characters that you'd never seen before and they were voiced by fucking nobodies because of course they were because they needed something in English so our beloved fight boy Goku is voiced by Cowboy Bebop's own Spike Spiegel Golden. Voiced by Steve Bloom, and it is my dream to get my copy of Final Bout signed by Steve Bloom for me to look him in the <laughs> eyes and say to him, you're my favorite Goku, and then just walk away. That is a power move if ever I've heard one. Oh yeah, you could be like, I know you were Spike Spiegel. But you were my Goku. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I was kind of underwhelmed by your performance there. But as Goku, you crushed it. You seem happy, this should be a good fight. Now, video games. I'm going to touch on probably what's been the biggest Dragon Ball game to come out in the last few years. There's two Before of them. Before you do that. Okay, so Dragon Ball has some of the best games on Nintendo's handheld systems. I'm just going to blitz through this. uh, Fucking Supersonic Warriors 1 and 2 are great little action games that capture the speed of Dragon Ball. Fantastic speed, really good sprite work, really fast and satisfying. but Really cool what-if scenarios. Fast and satisfying, but very strangely simple combat as well. It's It's very easy to pick up and play. And two is just more of the same. Exactly, and you can't really complain about that at all. Dragon Ball Advanced Adventure is a great adventure beat-em-up. Oh, oh, I love this game. Fighting game elements with sort of shoot-em-up elements. It's a great adventure going from the start of Dragon Ball to the uh, end of the King Piccolo saga. It's wonderful. I've been playing it all day. If you really want to to get that feeling of OG Dragon Ball going on that adventure, that's the game to go for. It's Mm. it's a great time. And the last of my particular reps that I really want to talk about before we get to the two big releases in the past couple of years, Super Dragon Ball Z for the PlayStation 2 might be Dragon Ball's most sort of traditional technical fighting game. It was 
it was kind of sort of like passed by initially because it wasn't very flashy. Yes. But my my only real experience with this game is picking it up as a kid for quite cheap, playing it for a few hours, and then going, "No, this isn't for me." But if you like fighting games like I do, it was it's directed by Akira Nishitani, the director of Street Fighter Two. He knew what he was doing, and it looks like a manga come to life. The coloring's great. The aesthetic is wonderful. It's got a really interesting roster. You can play as King Piccolo. You can play as like Chi Chi. You can play as like Mecha Frieza, but it's an alternate Toriyama design. It's 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 great. I love Super Dragon Ball Z, and I highly recommend sorting it out because it's a really solid fighting game. But yeah, I think we're gonna wrap up video games by talking about the two biggest ones. Are well, we start him with Fire Z. We might as well. Fighters is the best Dragon Ball game. There's, there's no question of it. We, we have been praying to Lord Shenron for years for a solid fighting game to actually hit the West, and it did. I haven't played Fighters for a solid two years. I played the first two seasons. My team is now garbage now. Fuck you, Arxis. <laughs> but I absolutely adore it. I'm not great at it in the slightest, but it's. Great model work, great fan service. It's just a really solid Marvel versus Capcom free esque game. It's just it takes the top spot by default because it's a great game outside of its license, which I'm not sure you could say for a lot of these games we've been gushing about. That's where the difficulty comes in with this other game that we need to discuss, which is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, mm. which I have been playing quite a substantial amount. I love how we've just skipped over Xenoverse because none of us like it. None of us can be shown. Oh yeah, none of us have even remotely acknowledged uh, Xverse. Yeah. Uh, this is bad. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll run a tiny bit of defense. The first game when it came out wasn't terrible. We just realized it was after playing it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm done. That's that's all the defense I can muster for Xenoverse. Look, they're not bad games, but they're not my games. That's all I'm going to say. I, I've got very little interest in going back to play them. The, what Jerry's just mentioned about Fighters being a fantastic <laughs> game outside of its license, I, I don't know if I could say the same for Kakarot. It's Really? Shocking, isn't it? It's it's a very fun game. It's got a really solid core combat system that is a natural evolution of the kind of fighting that you would see in the earlier 3D fighters like Raging Blast and Budokai Tenkaichi. And that it takes those fighting styles, upgrades them, modernizes them, makes them faster, smoother, and much more easier to work with. Um, these, this game is also developed by CyberConnect2, for, so for fans of the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm game. And Dot .hack! And Dot .hack, strangely. Um, this, is, this will probably feel quite natural to you in picking it up. The, the problem with it is that the structure around that fighting system is a fairly generic RPG structure. If you can even call it that. Yes. It, most of it comes in, like, there's fun things to do in it. I'm enjoying it quite a lot. You can go around, you can gather your resources, you can cook, um, you can go fishing. You can play as pink Batman shirt Vegeta. Which is by far the most worthwhile part of the game, I'm going to be honest. Um, you can drive, you can get a car, you can go driving, that's kind of fun. Um, but most of the content is going to come from the combat. There's lots of different fights, there's lots of like secret bosses you can unlock there's lots of things like that to do and it is a pretty solid retelling of the dragon ball story it follows all four main sagas um and gives you nice little intermissions in between wait just to be clear 
Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah no, it doesn't. It, it's really sad because I would have. The reason I haven't picked it up, it was like, this looks fun for about a couple of hours, but I'd lose interest because I'm not super into the, the 3D Dragon Ball games. I think the engine still has a lot of work yeah. to be done in terms of combat. This is the thing. This is very different from those earlier 3D Dragon Ball games. It's that I'm really enjoying it quite a lot, but I could understand other people not getting as much out of it as I have. I've put in about 40 hours so far, and I've literally only just hit the end of the Cell Saga. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm really enjoying it. It's the per- it's the perfect Dragon Ball fan service game, mm. by far. If you want a Dragon Ball game just to experience some of Dragon Ball again, that's where you go. If you don't want to watch the anime or read the manga, but you want to experience Dragon Ball again, pick up Z. Fucking pick up Z, pick up Kakarot. It's, it's a fun time. If you go into it knowing what to expect from it, then it's good fun. Don't expect this big, like, open-world Dragon Ball Z sandbox that we've always wanted because it's not that. It's a fun RPG with a very, very solid core fighting system. And if you're not into that, then it's not going to be for you. So, yeah. Yep, that closes out video games. Yep, now moving on to miscellaneous merchandising. Uh, So, (laughs) there are so many statues that are so weird. Why does Yamcha have muscles? Everyone has muscles! The children have muscles! They all look like buff men in their- They all look like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Toriyama can draw five body types at max. Hey, I've told you this! Toriyama can only draw two different types of faces! He has two faces that he copy and pastes for everyone! And one of them's a bear. (laughs) (laughs) they have characters with eyes and characters where their eyes blend into their skin that is it that's why you have krillin and the little indian red indian kid and then the or native american sorry and then the adult native american and then goku right i know this and then also i want to talk about the random bits of like rule 34 that have accosted it ah Ah. I'm not letting this go to 90 minutes again. I'm absolutely not letting that especially happen. Especially if we're not, especially if we're talking about Rule 34, absolutely not now. Nah. Not spending half an hour talking about that shit. Vic, I will offer you a compromise. In the edit, I will throw in a random commercial for Dragon Ball Z action figures in the early 2000s. That's, that, 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 that's your take it or leave it. I'll take it. Dragon Ball Z, the saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's Evil Freeze! The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it. Each soul separately. Cool. So, super in the movies. We're going to blitz through this as much as possible. Because I'm going to... Dear God, the editing is going to be horrible on this. So, to begin with, I think that we can all agree the joy when Battle of Gods was announced. It's, it, it was perfect. It was everything the franchises needed. Fucking, fucking Tadayoshi Yamamoro absolutely killing it as director. It was Beerus and Weiss are the best characters introduced in yeah. Super Period. It was such a promising start to a new era that slowly let me down. You gotta remember though, there was a lot of trepidation because although there was a lot of excitement, like yeah. holy shit, Toriyama's coming back and they're doing this again, there was a lot of trepidation yeah. because 
everyone knows GT and no one liked it. So it was like, ah! It nailed the characters. It nailed the sort of atmosphere of both combat and comedy. I love Super Saiyan God as a design and a concept. It was a transformation that initially could not be just reached by simply punching people harder. It required sort of like a, a seance, a seance, if you will. And I really like the magenta hair. I like that it slims Goku down a lot. I like the sort of master people relationship between Beerus and Goku. It's really interesting to sort of get a look at their psyche. And yeah, there's, there's an argument to be made that nothing in Super is topped Battle of Gods. I'd, I'd be close to saying yes, it's just, to be it's honest. It's just a really, really I, good movie. I think, yeah, I think in totality... Actually, no, I'd say Broly was a little better. Don't get me. Super Broly is fantastic, and um, we'll get to that. But I think narratively... Narratively, um, yeah. Battle of Gods kind of put yeah. Dragon Ball back on a track. Absolutely. It's it, it's very telling that we all love Beerus and Whis so fucking much, despite the fact that they're relatively new characters in the yeah. grand scheme of things. They're wonderful. But I absolutely they've, they've just inserted themselves into that just Dragon Ball community, I guess, so perfectly. Yeah. That's such a wonderful dynamic of the gods. And then Resurrection F. <laughs> yeah, that's Okay, uh, so that's I'm, I'm going to be very, very open about this. I'm a big critic of Res F because I was super excited. I watched a fucking cinema cam rip of yeah. it when it first came out. Oh, I have soured on that film so hard as I've gotten older. And I love the Z fighters fighting the Freezer soldiers. I like the whole methodology of Whis training Goku and Vegeta. But oh man, it is a tensionless mess of a film. Yes, the actual showdown against Frieza is boring. Yeah, it's boring. It's boring. It's underwhelming and featuring Tenkaichi cutscene technology because the CG looks like ass. Honestly, kind of frustrating because <sighs> there's just so many things wrong with that whole sequence. From Goku and Vegeta obviously being so much more powerful than Frieza, there's kind of no point in them fighting to not even giving Vegeta the character development that he kind of deserves. They literally have to use time travel in order to reset the status quo. Yeah, and it's just dumb. It's just silly. Well, what pisses me off about this is that it does not give Vegeta the development that he deserves. Gabe, Goku needs to win because Goku's the main character. Well, honestly, let's just consider Vegeta kicks the absolute living shit out of Frieza and doesn't even kill him, just kind of looks at him and goes, no, I'm over this, I don't need to seek my vengeance on you, you're worthless, I'm past this now. Think that. Think of that as a storyline instead of, hey, Goku, fight him, yeah, okay. It's, it's very weird, because the whole point is that Goku and Vegeta are supposed to in both really enjoy the fight, like they revel in the fight. I'm glad someone was, because I wasn't. They're supposed to. And then Goku coming in at the last minute to get a cheap shot on the kill makes, like... The CG is also very bad. The CG is trash, but that goes without saying. They just, like... They, they, it's almost like, hold on, who the fuck wrote this? What? Are you forgetting Go how Goku and Vegeta operate? The whole sort of message of you two need to work together is absolutely spat in the face, and oh, I yeah. do not care for it. It's resolved in Super Broly, which works very well, but... Uh, I guess we have to mention it. Um... It gave us Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, which was the canonical name for a while. <laughs> Wait, what's the actual canonical name now? Super Saiyan Blue. Yeah. Because Toriyama is so lazy. 
Honestly, that's fine with me. In, in universe, Goku tries to say Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, and bites his tongue. Yeah. Thank God someone acknowledged it. It's, it's actually quite funny. And yeah, Super Saiyan Blue is uh, it's my least favorite transformation because it's really boring. Yeah, it it's is. literally a palette swap and has nothing interesting in it outside of the Toyotara manga, which even then is it's just boring regular Super Saiyan with oh. fucking tacky dye. I I disagree. I think the hue color of the blue is really nice. Yeah, uh, but what does it add that's interesting? Blue. Yeah, so fuck Rezef. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do ultimately, I'm a little, I have a soft spot for Super Saiyan Blue just because it looks cool. Um, or I like the look of it. Oh, the blue. God's way better. God, God, in my opinion, was a better thing narratively. Am I a big fan of the, de- I don't know. I'm, I'm half and half on the design, uh, whether or not I prefer the, the God design. The Shida designs in Super Broly do definitely sort of make Blue look a lot cooler because the problem with uh, Yamora's designs is the fact that because he's a very detailed artist, they don't flow well in animation. Speaking not flowing well in animation, Dragon Ball Super! Oh my. So, right, as the only person here who has watched all of Super, yeah, I think it gets a bad rap. Genuinely, I think it gets a really bad rap because when it started, it was a fucking mess. Like those that first that first season. Never forget episode five. Nope, never. That first season of so the first twenty seven episodes or so are adaptations of the Battle of Gods and the Resurrection F story arcs, and they're not good. Nope, they're not. Um, the animation is really poor. This is kind of a problem with all of Super, although it does get better a little bit. But those that that first season is not worth watching. You get a handful of filler episodes that are kind of boring. Um, really badly done adapta- adaptations of the two fantastic. They didn't even keep Vegeta bingo. What's the point of their existing? Exactly. So with Super, that first season, you get two adaptations of a <sighs> very good films that just aren't done very well. They're dragged out. They're badly animated. The additions are just boring. Like in Resurrection F, they now have Trunks and Gotenks or Trunks and Goten there. For reasons, sure. But after that, it picks up. Once it gets back into the actual, like, oh, hey, we're actually furthering the storyline. It's fun. The tournament with Universe 7 is fun. It's a good time. Um, It's not brilliant, but, you know, it's a damn good time. You get to see everyone again. You get some good fights. And the Zamas arc with Future (laughs) Trunks. Eh, eh. Uh, it's, it's, that's all we need to say on that. Yeah, that's all we need to Hang say. On. Whoa, we need to give some credit to Super there. This is this is where I'm getting to. We're getting oh, okay. to. We're go getting. Ahead, we're getting ahead, to go the ahead. good moments. I hate that arc so much. Yeah, the Zamas arc is not good. Um, also introduces this weird thing with Trunks and Mai having a romance, which it's is dumb, and I don't care for it. Yeah, no. So moving on to the rest of Super, past the Zamasu arc, that's where the good shit is. It, it's for like if you it's frustrating that you have to sit through about 70 episodes of just kind of fucking droll in order to get the stuff that's actually okay so fun. here's the thing i was really mean to the future trunks arc there are good things in it but it's just it's a such a character that had a definitive nice ending that's kind of brought back into duty just to have all this time travel bullshit happen to him and have none of it really matter in the end and it just it's just I do not care for it, and it's kind of everything I do not care for in modern Dragon Ball. Um, the gold part of Super 
is the lead up to the tournament of power mm. where you have everyone training you have loads of different characters getting a bit of spotlight you have lots of really fun slice of life mixed with really good action and then leading into the tournament power itself which is a really good time overall lots of different characters who don't normally get the spotlight get the spotlight like you get two episodes of master roshi having a fight two whole fucking episodes mm. of roshi fighting and it's fantastic and then it ends on honestly what I think might be one of the best fights in all of Dragon Ball. It's the Jiren versus Goku Freezer and Android 17 fight. Yep. Makes all of Super almost worth it. Look, like, seriously, I watched 130 episodes of that shit. I watched all the awfulness and getting to watch that scene at the end, getting to watch that fight, I was just like, well, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, that was, that was one of the best battle themes blaring as they just desperately try and. Yeah, it's it. You feel the tension. This is everything that Res F wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Hell, right before we started recording, I pulled up a video of Goku and Freezer versus Vegeta because I wanted to feel that hype as we were going into this podcast episode because it was genuinely probably no, it was the best moment of Dragon Ball Super yeah, by far, easily Super's best moment. But I think that's all the more damning because. I can get all that like tension and power and the palpable quality from a fucking clip. Yep. So this is what I will say about Super. If you're really desperate for more Dragon Ball content, go watch it. It's a fun time. It's not going to be the best series in the world. It's not Z. It's not OG Dragon Ball, but it's pretty fun. And if you just want to see the best bits, just go watch that five minute clip on YouTube of Jiren fighting Goku because it is fucking amazing. That and Yamcha Baseball. Yamcha Baseball. Oh. Yamcha, Yamcha Baseball! Episode with Arale. Those are the two best episodes of Super, by far. They're great fun. So kind of the last bit of the Super Legacy, until it continues forever, until all the Japanese cast die and they can't replace them. Um, Broly. Which, they took the worst Dragon Ball villain and made him a... I cannot get over how good Super Broly is, from animation to character design to story... It's fantastic, and I expected it to be the exact opposite. Everything about it just comes together so perfectly. Like, it, it's, it's the Dragon Ball movie that we've been wanting ever since Battle of Gods came back yeah. and showed us what it could be. The CGI that got fucked up in Res F actually was okay to good in fucking Dragon Ball uh, in Broly. It was like, what? What I find really funny is you can technically skip all the super and not be lost. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can very easily not watch Super and be absolutely fine going into Broly. Mm. Uh, the thing that also makes me um, really happy is that Dragon Ball Super Broly actually managed to do, was it managed to capture glimpses, like little pieces of that old Dragon Ball warmth yeah. that I fucking love. Like there are like little goofy joke. It's Freezer's wish, isn't it? Sorry? It's Freezer's wish to be taller, isn't it? <laughs> yes! <laughs> this Freezer's wish to be taller. Um, Freezer wants to be taller by the same amount in inches that Bulma wants to be younger, younger. in terms of years. It's, yes, it's a bloody the, brilliant joke. Yeah, for the exact same reason, because it's significant, but not so significant as to be important or like people would notice, like a subtle difference. So Dragon Ball uh, Super brings back some of the goofy stuff that that we kind of lost in Z, but 
we managed to uh, it actually bring some of it back. Some of the stuff that we lost in Z that was present in the original Dragon Ball. So the goofy fun jokes. So the as Jay mentioned before, the whole I just want to be a few inches taller thing that yeah. that Frieza wanted to do. Um or how when Goku needed to get a distraction, like get time away from Broly to just like be able to relax and catch his breath. Um, well, to do the fusion dance with Vegeta, he flies into he he leads Broly and flies it leads Broly into freezer and flies into him like here have this and then just transmissions out. The comic timing was brilliant and also freezes over the top cheesy acting about how I think it was a, a piece of debris or Vegeta killed uh, Broly's father. Oh, that was just beautiful cheese. That was oh, rich gouda. This leaves me very hopeful for where Dragon Ball's going to go. Very hopeful indeed. We've got Superhero coming out in like a year or two, and that is looking gorgeous. What about you, Jay? What was your favorite gag from the movie? My favorite moment is how Toriyama keeps giving me short head women I'll fall in love with that will never do anything again. Because this also introduced the Freezer Force member, Chi-Lai, and type her name into a search engine, and you'll see some stuff. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> it's just generally a, a, a wonderful return to form, and Dragon Ball will just... I hope they never do TV series ever again. Like, Toei Animation we kind of praised last time, but, you know, the amount of work that goes into this stuff... They've made some less than stellar decisions yeah. since then, but I, if they just keep making movies, that's absolutely fine. I'll see a new Dragon Ball movie every two to three years. Wonderful that's and perfect. People who care about whatever read the the super manga because yeah. it's it's all right sometimes. Super manga briefly touch on that. If you want an alternative, if you want a much quicker alternative to Super, that'll give you a blue by blue of all the main story. Just read the manga. It's much quicker, much easier. Uh, it's kind of fun. Plus, it is now the furthest ahead in canon. So yeah, I think that's... The last thing I want to touch on before we, uh, we, do, we do one key action, and then we sign off for our first season. Uh, Dragon Ball's experimented with spin-off content. And with Toriyama's various, you know, uh, endeavors into, you know, Jaco the Galactic Patrolman, Neko Margin, the greatest piece of Dragon Ball spin of content is <laughs> that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha, which oh. is a manga by Dojin artist Dragon Gara Lee, starring the story of a Dokkan battle playing teenage child who gets transported to the Isekai world of Dragon Ball and is reincarnated as Yamcha, but using his nerd knowledge of Dragon Ball makes Yamcha the strongest character in the Dragon Ball universe for a decent amount of time. And it's so It's a fucking incredible just rollick. Like, if you're a fan of Dragon Ball and you just want to see some silly, goofy stuff, just, just read it. I love it. It's probably my favorite new piece of Dragon Ball material that has been released in the past decade. Yeah, I I think I agree. I've I've read the I haven't read the manga itself. I think I've read the I think I've seen panels and like no Dragon Gara Lee is I honestly I prefer his art to Toyotaro. I think he captures Toriyama's bouncy energy and style way better than Tori uh, than Toyotaro's sort of more 
angular and stiff panel lines and designs. But yeah, that manga is wonderful. And I think, yeah, this has been season one of Garugamesh. <laughs> we are exhausted. We are battle scarred. But much like the, the Z fighters themselves, we're still here. To, to to fight another day. Yes, thank to, you, thank you all for joining us in to, this to, fantastic. To yeah, it's it's really weird to think about because actually we're three morons who barely can keep our shit together in the first place. Oh yeah. So the fact that anyone's listening at all is quite odd to consider. So thank you. Whew. And with that said, uh, this has been the Grugamesh Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to our season finale. It's been a hell of a time. But anyway, uh, remember to rate and review us on all of your internet listening devices. And, uh, oh, by the way, we revived Grunkle Greg. We, we used the Dragon Balls. He's immortal now. Let me die! Never! Uh, yeah, so... Thanks! And that's season one. Wow, one whole season, it's really hard to believe. It's been a lot of fun and a lot of work, and we're not stopping now. We're not stopping until we become the strongest podcast in all of the universe. We'll be taking a small break in January, but don't you worry. We'll be back with more anime shenanigans before you can blink. Until then, I love sushi, I love Japan, but I love you more for staying a fan. Grugamesh!